Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we're joined by managing attorney for Ayuda, Josh Doherty. Ayuda is a nonprofit service provider that offers immigration and family law assistance in addition to social and language access support for low-income immigrants in the U.S. They specialize in services for dreamers, survivors of human trafficking, domestic violence, as well as LGBTQ immigrants. Josh shares more about their growing initiatives and the driving motivations behind their mission. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us Beyond Borders. Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we have Josh Doherty, managing attorney at Ayuda. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. The pleasure is mine. I'm really happy to be on the podcast with you today. Yes, yes. Thank you. So uh, first, can you give us a little background in uh, Ayuda and its beginnings? Sure. Yeah. So Ayuda is a, a nonprofit here in the DC, the Washington DC area, um, and we serve low-income immigrants in Washington DC, uh, Northern Virginia, or all over Virginia actually, and and Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. We started out. We've been around in the community for about forty-five years, and we started out as a clinic program through George Washington University Law School, mm-hmm. focusing on helping immigrants who were targeted by consumer fraud. Um, so that was back in the seventies. Uh, was how we started out as a clinic. In seventy-three, we were established as an independent nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, focusing broadly on civil legal services for immigrants in the greater D.C. area. Mm-hmm. Part of that was immigration representation, um, but we also had landlord-tenant representation. Uh, we grew into also providing representation in uh, domestic violence and family law matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that program was starting in about the early 90s, um, so that's representing folks seeking civil protective orders or custody, divorce, uh, also, in the early 90s, we started our social services program, so adding to our legal services to add uh, social services as well um, through a program called Hermanas Unidas, which is Sisters United or Sisters Together, right. uh, which was a, a group support program for survivors of domestic violence. Right. Uh, and that really set the framework for us. Uh, trying to have an organization that provides holistic services to our clients. Yeah, well, it's a full scope uh, that you guys cover between the social services, uh, the legal services, housing options, uh, health services, food options. Yeah, with our social services staff, we're really able to help our, our legal clients um, with some of the challenges that they're facing in terms of access to housing, food stability. Um, we started off our legal programs doing landlord-tenant, we really switched our focus in about the mid-80s and 90s into doing immigration legal representation and then uh, expanding into domestic violence family law. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a little bit later on in the 2000s, we added our language access program, um, helping to ensure that all DC area residents have access to services regardless of the language that they speak or their language of proficiency. Right. Um, and also in the 2000s, we kind of returned a bit to our roots in terms of consumer protection uh, by launching really a pretty unique program called Project End or Eradicating Notario Deceit. And that's mm-hmm. focused on helping immigrants who have been defrauded by let's say, bad actors uh, in the immigration world. There's hmm. there's some folks who you know, claim to be able to be immigration consultants or oh, okay. uh, yeah. 
claim to be able to help uh, with immigration cases. And a lot of that stems from a, a confusion about the role of notary publics here in the U.S. as mm -hmm. opposed to notarios who are in many Latin American countries are highly specialized attorneys. But here right. in the U.S., you know, the word notary is, is someone who's you know, authorized to essentially confirm identity for documents. Right. Um, and so kind of playing off that confusion lends itself to being taken advantage of. In that sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was interested with your interpreter program. So in what facets do you, they help interpret what facets of their lives and how do you guys get people involved to volunteer for that? Sure. So the, the language access program that we have is, is really robust for serving not just Ayuda's clients, but our, our language access program really serves the entire D.C. area nonprofit community, as well as connecting with some law firms as well. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because in, in the district, there's a law requiring that government and area nonprofits provide services regardless of the language of the person seeking those services. Mm -hmm. And and so our program was really created to implement that mandate. Right. Um, so we're serving, again, not just Ayuda's clients, but clients all over the place with professional interpreters uh, who have been thoroughly trained on providing legal translation and also providing trauma-informed translation services mm -hmm, and interpretation sure. services. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason that that's so important is that you know, oftentimes you'll see folks kind of trying to use their family members or their young children to translate. Mm -hmm. And especially in professional settings like seeking uh, government services or seeking legal services, that type of you know, informal translation is just really not appropriate for for a number of reasons one of which being it's there there's potential for the family member or the friend who's serving as the translator to get more personally involved in the case or maybe not do a full translation or they might be getting the gist of the messaging across but not the specific nuances that really especially in an immigration case or in a a civil protection order case can can make or break the case, the little nuanced details. Right. Um, and so our, our program pairs vast network of interpreters in the in the greater DC area on providing high quality interpretation in, uh, again, a legal setting and in a trauma-informed way that they're being treated respectfully. Yeah. You know, if you put yourself in a situation where you're entering a new country and a lot of like the process can be confusing, right, just to get fundamental needs. Uh, so it, it takes, you know, different organizations who can explain and go through the basic needs for people to live and uh, sustain themselves here in the country. Also, I, I know you guys work with human trafficking. I was confused. So labor trafficking, how, how does that work? Are individuals taken from their country and are forced to work in the U.S.? Like what's what's that scenario? Sure. Um, there's there's a, a lot of different scenarios. So our, our anti-trafficking program really encompasses our social services program and mm -hmm. our uh, legal services um, immigration representation program. Mm -hmm. The, the way that folks really get get to us is you know, sometimes we're involved in helping clients escape a trafficking situation if they've mm. been able to reach out to us for support. Um, and that kind of assistance might be helping that individual make a report to police, mm -hmm. um, providing access to things like housing and, and support services to enable them to leave 
their their trafficker. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily involve someone who has, for instance, been been kidnapped from their home country and transported to the U.S. But right. trafficking is really the situation where uh, it's enforced labor. Um, right. Here at IU, though, we we work with labor trafficking and sex trafficking survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, some of which the trafficking is incredibly recent, uh, including, again, some of the cases where we're, we're able to help our, our clients escape from the trafficking situation. Um, other times, it, it's trafficking that might have taken place several years in the past, mm-hmm. um, and we are helping that individual you know, potentially file an application for a T visa or right. uh, helping to connect, because even if the trafficking might have been several years ago, just helping connect that person to the support services that they would need. Mm-hmm. And and real quick, can you explain what a T visa is for people? Sure. So a, a T visa is a type of immigration status that's available to people who have suffered from trafficking, which is uh, really any kind of forced labor, uh, commercial labor, sex trafficking, so forced, uh, forced sex um, in a commercial setting. And the T visa is for folks who have, who have suffered trafficking here in the U.S. and who had suffered extreme harm as a result of, of being subjected to that forced work. The T visa is a really great benefit that's intended to help foster cooperation between uh, the community, especially the immigrant mm-hmm. community and law enforcement, so that as a society, we can really help to eradicate human trafficking. Right, right. So also providing protection services as well. Yeah. So the T-Visa is really a kind of protection from from deportation. It's a type of status that's, that's good for uh, several years, for up to four years. And it's also a pathway to permanent residency for those survivors. Project End, I know that is currently being mobilized right now, highlighted by Ayuda. Could you let us know what that project is and its status? Yeah, so Project End is um, N stands for Eradicating Notario Deceit. Mm-hmm. It's a project that started in the in the mid two thousands to really take Ayuda back to our consumer protection roots a little bit and right. uh, work to get services for clients who have been defrauded by by bad actors in the immigration world. Um, right. In in as our, you was mentioning before previously with the notary, right? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Project End helps represent folks uh, both in trying to recover their immigration case. So if you know these these folks may be eligible for some kind of immigration case, in which case our, our Project End team can represent them in seeking permanent residency, citizenship, uh, temporary protected status. I mean, whatever the type of immigration case that they qualify for might be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the work involved in that is is cleaning up the mess of these notarios. Honestly, they can have submitted a lot of inaccurate forms, or uh, there, there's all kinds of messes that that these notarios can create that causes long long term damage to to our clients. So I'm actually interested. Yeah, I'm sure, interested yeah. with what would be their incentive, right? If they know they're not official lawyers who can do cases, then why are they standing in? Is it just for a financial benefit and hope that they do not get caught? Um, so, I mean, there can be different reasons. There mm. is a lot of financial fraud that goes right, on. Right. So um, these I mean, immigration consultants or notarios uh, can charge a lot of money for these services and still possibly be cheaper than a private attorney. Uh, right. Or they might have particular uh, 
comfort serving different you know, population groups right. and folks can be either intimidated or not necessarily trust uh, attorneys. Um, and so if there's sort of the sense of community trust with this person, that can help get them in. Uh, there is a lot of though financial incentive in that these these bad actors charge can charge a lot of money and people who don't you know really know better and think that they're going to a reputable service provider right um can lose you know easily tens of thousands of dollars wow goodness um, okay we had yeah. a, a case that we were involved with through project and because so we, we our project end doesn't just do the immigration representation and cleaning up the mess mm. um, but we do civil representation as well uh, to try to help victims of notario fraud recover damages uh, mm -hmm. and we're also involved in referring cases to local prosecuting agencies uh, so that again local attorneys general for instance can investigate and prosecute sometimes there are licensed attorneys involved in which case we might be involved in bar complaints a recent case in in virginia from a, a few years ago was a 30-year operation by a notario who had defrauded the community of millions of dollars. And we worked with the attorney general in Virginia to help uh, identify victims and explain you know, some of the impacts of the bad advice that these folks were getting from this notario, mm -hmm. you know, so that this case was able to get, actually get prosecuted um, and have that, have that operation shut down, which is, a, I mean, a tremendous success uh, that we're really proud of. That doesn't mean that notario fraud isn't happening. Unfortunately, it's you know one amongst many uh, of operations that we're still you know working to get closed down. But it's really that kind of encompassing representation and support for our clients. I would be remiss not to ask you about your thoughts on DACA because I know you work with child services as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, mm -hmm. We we represent. Uh, folks with DACA. I mean, when, when DACA was started, uh, we were helping lots of folks submit their initial applications mm -hmm. all the way through until uh, USCIS stopped accepting new DACA applications a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And then since then, we've been helping folks continue to renew their DACA. Mm -hmm. um, we've really seen it be life-changing for, for our clients, uh, being right. able to come out of the shadows, get a work permit, get a social security number, um, have the ability to you know, pursue additional education, to really cement their roots in, in the community and, and be able to feel much more comfortable in being you know, out and uh, an active member in their community. And it's been tremendous to see the difference that getting documented in that way can, can make for our clients. Right, right. We, we were actually, that was our last episode. So me and one of the legal writers here at EIG Com Branch, we, we were actually in front of the Supreme Court at the hearing and there early at 6 a.m. And it was cold and it was raining, 30 something degree weather. So we stood out there for about three and a half, four hours before actually getting into the Supreme Court. And we, we had the opportunity to interview uh, multiple uh, DACA recipients and they were able to talk about their journey and what it means uh, to, to work and, and, and live in America. So the Supreme Court is going to give their uh, full opinions, uh, the direction of DACA, whether they can even argue on DACA itself if they have the grounds for it. I'm really glad that you all were able to get to the oral arguments. Mm. Uh, 
having waited outside in the cold and the rain to get into the Supreme Court myself before I know how miserable that process can be. Right, um, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're able to get in and, and hear the arguments and then also, I mean, hear some of the, the stories of the folks yeah. who are affected by the decision or by the decision that the Supreme Court will have to make on the DACA case. Right. For anybody who's listening, how best can they uh, support Ayuda? Uh, is there any sort of events that's coming up? How can they get involved? Sure. So for folks from the legal community who want to get involved, um, we're always looking to expand our pro bono partnerships. Mm -hmm. The first place I'd point people towards is our website, ayuda.com. So A-Y-U-D-A.com. Mm -hmm. um, and there we have information on getting involved as e a pro bono attorney, uh, the person to contact our, our pro bono managing attorney, uh, Irfana. Mm -hmm. There's a few different ways for folks to get involved pro bono. We have, we do place a, a lot of cases for long-term representation with pro bono attorneys. Okay. Um, and then we also have consultation clinics. So just trying to make sure that folks who have questions about their potential eligibility for immigration cases so they can get a screening. Mm -hmm. And so our pro bono team also helps to organize almost monthly consultation clinics. Oh, okay. I think to That's date, nice. we've seen more than about 2,000 people just in the last couple of years. Wow, okay. Um, through those consultation clinics. Mm -hmm. And that's a tremendous marker of the, the industry of our volunteer attorneys who, who help us staff those, those clinics and get the screenings out. Mm -hmm. um, we also have non-legal volunteer opportunities to help uh, raise awareness within the community and connect you know, different members of the community with Ayuda's services. Mm -hmm. And again, more information on that's also on our on our website. We have regularly uh, legal interns and uh, non-legal interns supporting our programs as well. So that's a great opportunity for, for law students right. uh, or for uh, undergraduate students as well right. who are interested in, in immigration or domestic violence representation. We are just launching our Giving Tuesday campaign. So starting okay. December 3rd, we're really pushing a campaign to you know, help make sure that Ayuda is able to continue providing services to our community. Um, so as folks are getting ready you know, for Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday, don't forget Giving Tuesday, okay. uh, which is coming up right after you've gotten to spend money on yourself and your family and friends. <laughs> um, right. You know, consider, consider spending some on your community as well. Right. Yeah, we'll make sure to post all that as well. Uh, no, it was absolutely pleasure to have you on. I actually, how I first heard about you guys was I went to a, a comedy show in, in D.C. It was an immigration comedy uh, event, and it was also a, a fundraiser for Ayuda. Happy that. Uh, we were able to be connected because what you guys do is is absolutely needed for the community, is absolutely needed for uh, the immigrants who come here, who lack the resources and uh, lack the know-how, you know, coming to a, a new country, everything is new. And to have that lamppost where they can go and have all of their services being met is, is an absolute godsend. So I, I appreciate the the, the work that you do and that you're able to come on Immigration Nerds. Thanks again for the invitation. It's it's really kind of a privilege to get to do this work. Mm -hmm. um, and so the more people that we can convince to, to get involved in, in supporting our immigrant community, the better. For more immigration news and content, make sure to follow us on Twitter at IMMNerds and also our website, 
at eiglaw.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.